This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Hi FM, welcome back to the show. I am Benji Shulman and I'm happy to say that on the line we have Philip Todgers from Cape Town. Phil, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Very well, thank you. And I'm very pleased to see that we're number one on the show because Yiddish is tops. And otherwise I would have had a forever with you. <laughs> a forever indeed. And then we would have had to have a whole show just <laughs> on that. Uh, now, Phil, before we get into the actual premiere and the, this documentary that, uh, that you guys are going to be showcasing down there, talk to us a little bit about the actual topic, which is the Yiddish Song Festival, the Lee Todgers Yiddish Song Festival, um, which ran for about 10, 10 years. Talk to us about how it came about um, and and uh, what your involvement with it was. Well, the major involvement was that the Cape Jewish Seniors Association needed money. They needed to raise funds and they also needed to raise awareness of who and what they were doing. And I came up with this idea of Yiddish Song. Because in Cape Town, we were very lucky. We were talking about 2009. Uh, Faye Singer was very involved as Yiddish, uh, you know, involved in Yiddish music. In fact, working on, on a doctorate in that area. And she'd also encouraged Matthew Reed to form a Klezmer band. And he was totally involved. So we had some people here, a very dedicated team of people who were interested in Yiddish song and its revival. And uh, we thought, well, we'll just do this one sort of show. And the reason it was named that I was being very manipulative. My mother had died recently. And I said to my family, my brother and family and friends, guys, if we call it, the, if you guys are prepared to fund the festival this year, because I didn't want to put the charity at risk, we'll call it the annual, we didn't know, we didn't think it was going to be annual, we'll call it the Leotokras Yellow Song Festival. And I want to tell you by return of email, I have the money in the bank. So, uh, that's why it was called that. And we were absolutely staggered because after year one, it just continued. There was just a remarkable interest. We used to fill the Baxter Theatre every year with 1,300 people. And, you know, two shows. It was just an amazing revival of interest. And what was amazing to me was that young people got involved. The Herzliya schools, we had the uh, Yiddish Festival Choir. And we also had the, uh, the Herzliya Ensemble. And from having three soloists in year one, we ended 10 years later by having 10 soloists and a total of 120 people singing in Yiddish on the stage of the Baxter Theatre. Now, if that's on a revival, I don't know. So it really so, was so a it, 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 it continued for 10 years. Why, why did it, it finish in the end? I decided it's called Sell by Date, and I wanted somebody else to take over. But what's fascinating is the festival didn't go on, but the interest continued. For instance, you spoke about Katie Joe uh, doing, getting involved with Yiddish Song. She was involved in the last two years, and she just became fascinated by the genre, and she's continued. She's found her Jewish identity through song, and that's what she's continued to do. Another amazing story is Zola. Zola, whose background is a mother who is an actress and singer in Yiddish from Lithuania and well-known in South Africa, uh, whose uncle is the very famous Leib Rosenthal, who was the uh, poet and songwriter. She had never sung before in Yiddish, and we persuaded her in 2010 to join the Yiddish Song Festival. She'd come back to live in South Africa. And since then, she's got involved in singing Yiddish song. And, and composing Yiddish song. Uh, somebody like Aviva Pelham, 
fabulously well known in opera and the world of um, musicals. She went on to do a show about her mother called Santa's Story, which involved predominantly Yiddish song as a way to tell that particular story. So there has been a tremendous revival and it's been thrilling to see. Now, so, so your, your your documentary that's coming out, Leia, Teddy, and the Mandolin, is is about the, the festival. Uh, it's directed by Heather Blum, Blum, Blumenthal, who I'm sure many of our uh, community will know through her involvement with uh, Simcha, which is the the regular Sunday morning uh, Jewish TV um, show that 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 airs and on SABC. And you do know that she now is the director since last year of the Holocaust and Genocide Center in Cape Town. That's right, yes, and yeah. uh, and has that strong communal attachment as well. So, so what what is the 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 thrust of the documentary? Are you are you profiling some of the people? Are you recalling what it was? What was the idea behind creating it in that way? Okay, I'm going to give you a long answer. First of all, we did prem- we did premiere it uh, in two, 2018, uh, and in fact, since then it's been slightly uh, tweaked. We even found we had some spelling mistakes. Uh, we showed it in Cape Town, and the audience response was amazing, and it came up to Johannesburg. And a couple of times we've shown it in, in selected places, but we really haven't pushed it extensively. And uh, this, But I said that, you know, first of all, I have to make one confession. When I started in 2001, my Yiddish was appalling. It was pathetic. It was, I come from a family of linguists. But that gene passed me by. My Yiddish was appalling, but thanks to people like Jack Schrockler, who I hope is listening in, and the late Clara Gesholowitz, they became my coaches, and they've certainly, my, my Yiddish shot far besset. My Yiddish has improved. But the other thing I cannot do and will never improve is I can't sing a note. I really cannot sing. So here was I doing a Yiddish song festival for 10 years, and I can't sing, and I can't speak a good Yiddish. Anyway, um, it, it came about because, as I said, we wanted to, promote and raise funds, and Yiddish allowed itself to be used. But I always say that Yiddish had another agenda. It reached out in an extraordinary way and made connections. And I said, particularly what struck me was the young people loving the music. Because I think the problem with Yiddish has been for many years that it was the language of the victim. It wasn't a language that people felt comfortable with. It had a great deal of baggage attached to it. And now suddenly... If there's a relook, and as one person said, people are realizing that Yiddish is our collective soul. There's a cultural identity which we just cannot lose. And I think, by the way, it's not inappropriate that Yiddish has gone global, because Yiddish never belonged to a particular nation, although it was predominantly in Eastern Europe at one stage, etc. But it never, it wasn't a national language. So maybe it was global before the concept came into being. But this revival of interest has been very powerful, first in klezmer music, and then Yiddish and klezmer are first cousins, and that's that association. So for the last many years, there has been. So Yiddish allowed itself to be used as a fundraiser, and it's still allowing itself to be used as a fundraiser, because we're using this Yiddish Zoom to get um, funds for the COVID-19 emergency fund here in Cape Town. We're going to be talking about that. I just want to take a short break, but when we come back, I'm I'm going to get into that side of things. Talk to Phil Todgers today. He is uh, doing the world premiere of the Lee Leia Toddy excuse me Leia Toddy Teddy and the Mandolin, which is a documentary of the Leia Todgers Yiddish Song Festival. We'll be back just after the break. 
This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Welcome back to the show. We're talking today to Phil Todras. He is uh, doing the worldwide documentary uh, about the Leia Todras Yiddish Song Festival. And uh, we're talking to him about it and about why he is uh, he is getting in, involved. And by the way, if you want to ask any questions, 34519, that's your SMS line, 0618951019, if you do want to send us something on the Telegram. Now, Phil, uh, as part of the documentary, you also have uh, a, a, a esteemed panel of Yiddishists, if you can call them that, uh, to actually discuss uh, Yiddish and to discuss the film. Uh, and from really uh, across the world, New York, London, Melbourne, Boston and uh, different universities and artistic directors. But the one I just have to talk to you about is a young man. He seems quite young from what I can tell. Uh, and 29. And, and, um, and he is, his name is Arun Viswanath, if I, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And he translated Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone into Yiddish. And the question I have is, why? <laughs> Well, it's already been translated into something like 30-odd languages, including Latin and classic Greek. But he comes from a very distinguished family, this Schechter family. His mother's a Schechter, and people in the Yiddish world would know it's a family. That would have been his grandfather who and his aunt who were involved with the um, Yiddish dictionary. In fact, his aunt is the first woman editor of the Forward, who have become our partners in this uh, event. So the Forward uh, newspaper is very much involved. But he's married, and um, he, they have a child. And his wife said, what stories are you going to be reading him? And he decided he has to read him. If he's going to read him stories in Yiddish, he'll have to do the, uh, some a Harry Potter one. And he did. He worked on it for some time. It came out in um, May of this year and sold out in 48 hours and went into reprint. So there is a revival of interest, and he really is an extraordinary person in, in that regard. Young, he's actually in the uh, high-tech industry, but he but Yiddish is still part of him. And that's what I think is so important, that younger people don't have the baggage of the past. I also even like, you know, they brought back, uh, well, the first time they did Fiddle on the Roof in Yiddish in New York. And actually went to Broadway. And the uh, New York Times uh, reviewer said, Ah, oh, give me a break, another fiddler. His, but his review was, when I went to see it, it was so authentic. Even the jokes made me cry. And I thought that really is what Yiddish has. It has this manipulative quality that it just embraces you and takes it, takes it on. But some of the other people on the panel are extraordinary. I mean, Shane Baker has actually visited South Africa because he discovered this interesting Cape Town in Yiddish. He is the director of the Congress for Jewish Culture. He happens to be Episcopalian from Kansas City. He speaks the most beautiful Litvak Yiddish and is fully, you know, his expertise is in the world of Yiddish theatre. We've got, as you mentioned from, from London, we've got Helen Beer, who is with the Jewish Music Institute and teaches the Otaze program, but she's a senior lecturer in, um, in Yiddish. Uh, Galit, oh, that's another young person, Galit Klass, who's from Melbourne. She's the artistic director of the Kadima Theatre, Yiddish Theatre, and I love the slogan, it sounds better in Yiddish. She's young, a very young woman. We've got Sharon Pakarivo, 
who is the director of the National Center for Jewish Film that's based at Brandeis University. So it really is a team of very special people, and the moderator is um, Scott Feinberg, who is with the Hollywood Reporter. It's a very reasonable night out, to, and you get it's very retro. You get a double feature, a panel discussion and the movie, and all you've got to do is go to Quicket, which is quicket.co.za, but if you want the direct link, by the way, if you go to quicket.co.za and they say what you're looking for, just go Yiddish and up a little pop. But if you go to qkt.io, that's in lowercase, forward slash, capital Z, capital V, capital J, capital B, lowercase d, Z, capital Z. And I'm sure you could put that up on your Facebook page. It's certainly up on the Cape Jewish Seniors Facebook page. It's the direct link to Quicket. And you can get your ticket, 95 Rand. And if you want to be more generous, there's an optional donation. But you will have two hours of extraordinary interesting uh, people speaking and then the documentary, which I would, I would look at the documentary again over the weekend. And the way it reflects what we're talking about in terms of survival and revival is absolutely fascinating. I'm, I'm quite sure that when we set out to do the documentary, that that was not the major thing. What I wanted to really do was to say thank you to the amazing team of people that made that doc, that Yiddish Song Festival possible. Aviva well, Kelly, you you know, uh, some of us were with us from 2001 to 2010, by the way. Ten years of it. It's really, really amazing and a, and a unique project and a good way to support the community. By the way, it's on Sunday, the 23rd. Uh, of of uh, August uh, at seven o'clock South Africa time. Phil Todras, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with the world premiere. A shame and dunk to all of you. Appreciate it enormously. Take care. Be well. Zai gesund. <laughs>